Right, well, uh, I've learnt from the last couple of years that these services are always very full and that there's lots of things going on in them. So uh, I've just prepared a one-hour message for this morning. No, just kidding. Just a 15-minute quick reflection because we do want to take a little bit of time to unpack the theme of hope that we're talking about today because it's the only chance that we get to be able to do that. Uh, but we're going to do that a little bit quickly. And uh, so we're starting a series today that's called Great Expectations. And I'll unpack a little bit more about that theme next week. Uh, but basically what I want to talk about is that heading through Advent, we have this opportunity to raise our expectations. That's really what Advent is all about, us getting ourselves ready for Christmas, as we've already talked about. Um, but in particular, getting ourselves ready for the expectation about this newborn king that's going to come. And so we've discussed other years about the realities of that and what other people were expecting in this king who was going to come, this Messiah, saviour, rescuer, who was going to come. And the expectation was that he was going to come as this military ruler who was going to come and set up a new kingdom by power and force. And we know that that's obviously not what happened. And so we'll spend a little bit of time contrasting those two things and talking a bit about the different expectations that people had. But we do want to unpack a little bit about what it means for Jesus to come as the king of these four themes. The king of hope, the king of love, the king of joy, and the king of peace. And how Jesus comes to establish a kingdom that is filled with all of those four themes. And so we're going to use some parables this year to be able to unpack those different uh, themes and those different images of the kingdom. So next week, I'll talk a little bit more about what that looks like. Today, we'll just do a brief version of that as we talk about what it means for Jesus to be the king of hope. And so we, throughout this series, have talked a little bit about uh, what hope looks like already. And in particular, we want to remind ourselves that when we think about hope, it's not just blind optimism. It's not this sense of, well, I hope that that works out. I hope that things are okay. I wish that this was a part of my reality. Instead, when we talk about hope, we're talking about a confident expectation of what God is going to do. Hope is a confident expectation about what God is going to do. So whenever we talk about hope, that's what we're focused on. And our hope is based on this thing that Jesus comes to establish, which is called the kingdom. Now, the idea of a kingdom is a little bit strange for us. We do live under a monarch, for those who've forgotten. So we do have a queen, but really that's not a part of our everyday life. And even in the UK, the United Kingdom, their experience of living under a monarch is not really what a kingdom was all about, especially in Jesus' day. And so for us, when we think back to Jesus' day, or if we think about medieval times, we know that if you were under a king and you were living in a kingdom, then your reality was shaped very much by that king. So if you lived under a really bad king, then your life was really, really hard. If you lived under a really good king, then your life was far better. The king is the one who sets the tone, sets the values, sets the expectations, sets the way of life for the whole kingdom. And so when Jesus talks about the kingdom, that's what he's trying to help us understand as well, is that he comes as a king to establish a new type of kingdom where he sets the tone, he sets the value, he sets the way that we live our life. So kingdom is helpful for us when we think about it that way, but sometimes it's good for us to use other language as well. And Brian McLaren, who's an author and a speaker, uh, has done some really great work on this and come up with a number of different pictures of what the kingdom could be. And one of those that we're going to unpack today is the idea of God's dream. When we talk about God's kingdom, we can think about that as being God's dream. 
So all of us have hopes and dreams in our lives, and especially when we're younger, we have these hopes and dreams about the sort of career that we're going to have, about what our family situation looks like, about the sort of house that we're going to have. But as we continue to grow, those dreams change, and we have hopes and dreams about what our relationship with God is going to look like, about what our priorities are, about the ways that we spend our time, about our expectation, about what our lifestyle is, about the sort of community that we're a part of, the sort of neighbourhood that we live in. And so all of us understand this concept of having hopes and dreams, but it's good to recognise that God has a dream as well. That as we unpacked in our epic series last term, God's dream is for us to be able to live in a full, complete relationship with him, with each other, and with his creation. That's God's dream, as we're going to talk about in a few weeks, can be summed up with the word peace. That God created us to be able to live at peace, in harmony, in our relationship with him, in our relationships with one another, and in our relationship with creation. That's what God's dream was before the creation of the world. And through Jesus, God has done everything necessary for us to be able to experience that dream in the here and now. And so when Jesus talks about the kingdom and the images that he uses throughout Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, we can kind of understand Jesus talking about and helping us to unpack further what God's dream is, what God's ideal is for all of us as humanity. And one of the ways that Jesus used uh, to talk about this dream is these things called parables. And so Jewish rabbis, Jewish teachers would use this on a regular basis. They would use these stories that had hidden meaning underneath them. That when you first hear it, oh, that's a really nice story. But then when you stop and think about it, you realise, hold on, there's far more going on here than what I thought. It's kind of like when you see a great movie and then towards the end of the movie, you realise that there's this massive change, this big twist that's coming at the end of it. And suddenly you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Everything that I thought was going on is not quite accurate. (laughs) There was a whole bunch of other stuff. And then when you go back and replay the movie back through your mind or when you watch the movie again, you realise there was all this stuff that was happening underneath the story that was sitting on top. That's what parables are like. And so Jesus used these parables to help us to be able to understand more of what God's dream is like. And today we're going to look at two very quick parables that remind us about what it means to be people who pursue the hope that God's got for us through this dream. So Matthew chapter 13, verse 44, Jesus says these words. The kingdom of heaven is like this. A man happens to find a treasure hidden in a field. He covers it up again and is so happy that he goes and sells everything he has. And then he goes back and he buys that field. So, seems like a pretty simple story in some ways. And for Jesus' listeners, this was something that made complete sense to them. Because we know in Jesus' day, they didn't have safes and they didn't have banks. So if you had valuables, you couldn't take them somewhere and keep them somewhere safe. And so what people would do is put those things into a jar and then they would bury that jar in the ground. Dig a big hole, bury it there, cover it over, and then they would think, okay, that's nice and safe. And in particular, in Jesus' day, it was a regular occurrence that you would be invaded, that there would be an army that would come into your town or into your city, and you would have to get out of there as quickly as you possibly could. And so you didn't want to be trying to grab stuff, and you certainly didn't want an invading army to steal all of your treasured belongings. And so this was one way of keeping it safe. You could get out of there as quick as you could, and then when you come back, you can go back into your backyard, dig it up again, and know that your treasures are all going to be safe. 
And so this would have been a well-known practice for people in Jesus' day. And there also would have been a lot of people who just recognised that not always did people come back. Sometimes towns would get invaded and people would leave and they would never return to those towns. And so there's all these buried treasures all around the place. And so there were some people who would go and just kind of dig in different places, hoping that they might dig up a treasure. Kind of like the people that we see down at the beach who've got metal detectors and just kind of wandering around, hoping that they might uncover some really fancy treasure down there. And so the picture we have that Jesus tells is of this person who's digging around and finds one of these treasures. Now, we don't know whether he was intentionally looking for some treasure or whether he just happened to be out planting some veggies and digging away, but he dig, 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 clunk. All of a sudden, whoa, what's that? So he digs around, uncovers it, and discovers this amazing jar that's filled with all of this treasure. And he knows that this treasure is more valuable than anything he could possibly have. And so he goes away, he sells all of his possessions, everything that he's got, so that he's got enough money to be able to buy this plot of land so that he can then own the treasure that's there. And that's a good reminder to us that this isn't just like a pot of money that he happened to find, because why would you go away and sell everything you've got just to be able to get the equivalent of what you got or a little bit more? This must have been a massive treasure for him to choose to say, I'm going to go away and sell everything I've got in order to secure this. So, it's a really great story. That's really awesome. Hooray for the guy who finds a treasure. But Jesus tells this story because there is an added layer of meaning underneath it. What he's challenging his listeners and therefore challenging us to think about is whether we have the same mindset about the treasure that God's got for us. That as we understand what God's story is, as we understand the amazing nature of what Jesus has done for us, as we recognise the sense of meaning and purpose that we can get out of life, as we understand the sense of peace and joy that God wants to give us as a gift in our lives, that's an amazing treasure. And Jesus is challenging us to say, how much are we willing to give up in order to receive that in our lives? Jesus then tells another story that's seemingly very, very similar. In verse 45, he says, The kingdom of heaven is also like this. A man is looking for fine pearls. and When he finds one that's unusually fine, he goes and sells everything he has and he buys that pearl. There's a slight shift in this story. This isn't someone who's just kind of randomly digging around hoping they're going to uh, dig up some treasure. This is someone who you can imagine is just searching everywhere to be able to find this pearl. He knows exactly what he's after. And so you can imagine him going to merchant after merchant after merchant, market after market after market, trying to find this pearl, digging through piles of pearls, digging through all sorts of other things in the hope that he can find this one pearl that is unusually, amazingly beautiful. But the same result happens, that once he finds it, He's willing to go and sell everything that he's got in order to be able to secure this amazing treasure that he's spent his whole life searching for. And as with the other guy, you can imagine that there's no sense of begrudgingly doing this. There's no sense of resentment about, oh, I've got to go and sell all my stuff and hopefully I can end up with this thing. There's a sense of amazing joy to be able to say, this is great. I can't believe what I've found. I'm so happy to go and get rid of all that other stuff so that I can have this treasure that I've been searching for. And so Jesus tells these two stories to remind us that all of us are on different spiritual journeys. 
Some of us, we're just kind of going through life and we're digging in random places and then treasure kind of comes up. We discover new truths and we discover new things and that's really helpful and amazing for us. Others of us are on a very intentional journey where we know the questions that we're wrestling with. We know the things that we're trying to find answers to but either way we're left with the same question from Jesus to say do we realise how valuable this treasure is? And once we discover the truth of what Jesus has done for us, are we willing to give everything that we have so that we can get it? Now, it's really important to note that Jesus is not saying with these parables that we have to earn this treasure. It's one of the ways that people have sometimes misinterpreted these parables is to say, so what Jesus is saying here is you have to go and sell everything in order to prove yourself worthy to receive these treasures. That's not at all what Jesus is saying. What he's saying is, are you willing to let go of all of the other stuff in your life so that you can receive this amazing treasure that God has for you? And for all of us, what it looks like to let go of those things may be different. So each week, we're going to take some time to ask ourselves about our expectations as we head towards Christmas. And so we're going to use a variation of this question over the next four weeks. How does the King of Hope reshape my expectations? How does the king of hope reshape my expectations? So with Jesus coming as the king of hope, Jesus comes to set up to establish God's kingdom, which is filled with hope. Jesus comes to establish God's dream for us here on earth and to make it available to us. And when we catch a vision of what this dream is like, when we really stop and understand how amazing God's dream is, For us as humanity, it's something that is so amazing. It has the power to lift us out of our current circumstances and any circumstances that we find ourselves in. It gives us a sense of hope for the future, that God's dream is going to become a reality one one day. But it also gives us a sense of hope for now as well. A sense of hope that God is at work now. God hasn't given up on us. God is with us in the here and now and has hope for us. It gives us a sense of hope for more, that there's more to life than just the current circumstances that we're in, that God's dream is unfolding and we've been invited to be a part of helping that dream become a reality. So, in the midst of our challenges, for those of us who are struggling with illness or struggling physically, Jesus comes as the King of Hope. For those of us who are struggling financially, struggling to make ends meet, Jesus comes as the king of hope. For those of us who are struggling with purpose, struggling with what's the point, what's life all about, why am I here, Jesus comes as the king of hope. For those of us who are struggling with isolation or loneliness, Jesus comes as the king of hope. This Christmas, as we head through the next few weeks, we can raise our sense of expectations that Jesus comes as the newborn king to set up and establish this kingdom of hope to allow us to be able to experience life the way that God created us to live. The challenge for us is, are we excited? Does it raise our expectations? Like finding a treasure that is more valuable than anything we've ever seen before to be able to say, am I willing to give everything to pursue this hope? The theme of hope is something beautiful that we'll get to continue to unpack as we head towards Christmas. Let's pray. 
Jesus, thanks that you do come as a newborn king, but that you do it in a way that is so different from what people's expectations were. That when we think about the idea of you coming to establish a kingdom, we think about you coming in power. We think about you coming into the powerful places, coming and setting up a palace, coming and stepping into the most powerful positions in politics, in religion, the most powerful positions from an army perspective. We think about you coming with force. And we thank you that that's not what you did. That you came as this beautiful newborn baby into the most humblest of circumstances. Born in a manger. Born in a shed. Born to help people like shepherds be able to discover that they too are a part of this amazing story. We thank you that you come to establish this kingdom, but to do it in a way that is so upside down from the other kingdoms of the world. You come to establish a kingdom that is filled with hope, with love, with joy, and with peace. And so today in particular, we focus on this theme of hope. And thank you that you come to bring hope into our existence. Not blind optimism, not wishful thinking, but you come to give us a concrete expectation of what God is going to do, the promises that are fulfilled through your life, your death, and your resurrection. And we thank you that that hope then gives us something to hold on to, especially when we go through difficult times. And so I want to pray again for those who are a part of our church family and those who we're connected with, who this morning are really struggling, that you would bring a sense of tangible hope into our experience. And as we go through this week, we would not lose sight of what you've got for us, we would not lose sight of what you've done for us, but that we would be able to recognise that you are with us, you are at work, that your promises are going to be fulfilled. And so we can trust in you to be able to get through another day, another week, and to discover what you have for us. Help us to be people who are excited by the hope that we have, in the same way as finding an amazing treasure is something that would bring joy into our lives. Help us to have that same sense of expectation about the hope that you bring to us. In your name we pray. Amen.